Chapter 9 of St. Rose of Lima, The Flower of the New World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. St. Rose of Lima, The Flower of the New World by Florence Mary Capes. Chapter 9 Of Rose's Special Devotions and Charities how she was endowed with a prophetic spirit, and how she gained graces for her native city. Hail, O child of heaven, glorious within, to whom a post is given hard by the throne where angels bow and fear, e'en while thou hast a name and mission here. From a fragment by St. Gregory Nazianzen, translated by Newman, verses on various occasions. We have referred to certain specially favorite devotions of St. Rose, without some slight account of which one would leave the description of her daily life imperfect. That the rosary should take a very important place amongst them would naturally be expected of a Dominican. And we find as a fact that she not only exceedingly loved the practice of saying it herself, because of its wonderful combination of mental with vocal prayer, but did her very best to spread it among her friends and relations. Especially, it is pleasant to learn, she never rested till she had inoculated her beloved Ferdinand with her own devotion and persuaded him to become a fervent lover of Our Lady's crown of spiritual roses. Another very favorite devotion with the saint was not only to meditate on, but to utter with her lips the names of God's attributes. She persuaded Father Lorenzana to write out a list of 150 divine perfections, and these she divided into 15 portions, which she recited slowly as a kind of rosary, saying a gloria after each division. She pronounced this devotion to be especially potent in driving away evil spirits. Again, Rose had a special prayer of her own, somewhat corresponding to the spiritual nosegays or offerings common in religious communities and convent schools, though differing a little in form. She called her devotion a garment, and there are two instances of its practice recorded in her own handwriting in a fragment of a journal that has been preserved. To describe it here is a little anticipating things, as these two instances of it, at any rate, belong to the last two years of her life but that she must have had some such customs in prayer, customs that may perhaps without disrespect be called graceful feminine fancies, at all times, is so highly probable that we may connect the thought of them with the years in her garden cell quite safely. The two prayers preserved and given at full length in some of her lives are respectively in honor of the infant Jesus and of Our Lady, the former is intended to represent all the garments for an infant, and was offered by her as a loving tribute to the Holy Child for the Christmases of 1616 and 1617, partly in imitation of St. Catherine, who once gave a garment to Jesus Christ himself under the appearance of a beggar. The latter was meant to represent a robe which she longed to give to her favorite image of the Blessed Virgin in the Rosary Chapel, but was too poor to buy. Footnote. This image, so often referred to, was a historical one. It was wooden, five feet in height, and representing the Mother of God holding the infant on one arm and with a rosary held out by the other. 
it had been brought to peru by the first spanish christians who came and who had it placed in the first church a dominican one built in lima and dedicated to the holy rosary in this church a baptismal font was for the very first time erected in the new world in fifteen thirty five there had been a terrible attack on the spaniards by the natives who greatly outnumbered the christians and meant to massacre them the spaniards went forth to meet them invoking the help of our lady of the rosary and just as they were about to fight the blessed virgin appeared above them in the very form of the statue the vision so appalled the natives that they first gave in to the spaniards and then became christians themselves the consequence of this incident was an intense devotion of the people to our lady under the title of the rosary and their acknowledgment of her as protectress of lima the statue was carried in procession every year End of footnote. both these spiritual garments consisted of a number of paters aves glorias and other prayers and psalms with equal numbers of fasts abstinences and other acts of mortification including in one thirty-three hundred strokes of the discipline so arranged as to represent the different parts of the clothing that she desired to offer they were carefully written down no doubt to help rose's memory in fulfilling her task and the one offered to our lady brings touchingly home to us the humanness and self-mistrust of the young saint for she has added to the written offering a postscript recording that thanks to our lord and his blessed mother i have finished the garment which she had clearly doubted that she would have the strength to do other favorite devotions notably a tender love for the holy name and for the sign and form of the cross wherever she encountered it are recorded of saint rose that she said the divine office every day while living in her hermitage is proved by a beautiful story that our lord himself appeared to her sometimes as she was saying it in the garden and walking up and down the paths by her side said the alternate parts with her as if reciting office in choir the little office of the blessed virgin again was much loved by her such were rows of saint mary's vocal prayers when we add to the thought of these the remembrance of her long hours spent in mental prayer sometimes in actual meditation for which one of her favorite textbooks was louis of granada sometimes merely thanking god in her heart for his mercies sometimes wrapped in ecstasy either at home or in church it seems one of the chief marvels of her marvelous life that she could find time for them all and for her work at her needle and in the garden as well yet as she grew older and a little freer to come and go more was added to her work no true dominican tertiary even though specially called to contemplation and prayer could be entirely excused from giving active help to her neighbors rose's heart was peculiarly tender and it went out beyond her own race to the poor indians of peru despised downtrodden and often ill-treated by her haughty fellow-countrymen it appears that in lima while she lived numbers of wretched indian women diseased as well as outcast and neglected were to be found and it was chiefly to seek these out and help them that sister rose began at times to leave her solitude then she thought of them as she prayed and worked in her cell 
and thought also of much empty room that there was in her mother's house which from all accounts must have been a kind of rambling dilapidated place only half used by the family marie de flores under the influence of her holy daughter and perhaps also a little influenced by the respect she saw paid to her by others was gradually softening and improving in character still the saint was a little afraid of rousing her anger and it was not till she had lived in her hermitage for some time that she ventured to open her heart to her mother and beg her help for some of the misery she saw when out on her errands of charity the plan she proposed was that she might have the use of one or two empty rooms in their house where she might bring poor houseless diseased creatures to nurse and if possible to convert when they were sinners or not christians at all she promised that it should be no loss to her parents if they would agree for she rose herself would be answerable for enough money to pay a small rent for the rooms as lodgings marie de flores was at first furious at such a proposal but she calmed down and in the end agreed to let rose have her way as indeed it must be owned that rose usually managed to do with everybody when she pleaded a good cause in her own bright and persuasive style we may however add here at once that in spite of her freely given leave the saint's mother frequently made things most unpleasant for her and her protégés by outbursts of temper and complaint when the objects of charity brought into the house were specially disgusting or her daughter did anything in connection with them that she disapproved sometimes she even abused rose violently as a hypocrite for practicing charity to outsiders at the expense of her family's comfort and in various ways insulted her but the gentle girl took it all sweetly waited till the momentary irritation had passed and then coaxed marie de flores into helping the poor people herself by gifts of old linen clothes etc when she could get them many details of these charities which were henceforth added to st rose's ordinary occupations and many touching stories connected with them are given in the longer biographies but it is enough here to say that besides the sick and miserable indian women she helped every case of misery among her own sex that she could find out and which she had power to help and that most especially she felt sympathy among the spaniards for hidden cases of poverty in women born to wealth and comfort she got money or clothes for them from her rich friends which sometimes came to her miraculously and god gave her also frequently in connection with her work for the sick miraculous powers both physical and spiritual one particular instance of this last which may be mentioned was her finding out supernaturally that a poor old negress who was near death and who for some reason persisted in asserting that she was baptized had never been so rose convicted her of her falsehood caused her to repent bitterly of it and of all her sins which had been many and thus was the means of her receiving the sacraments and dying a holy death when she happened to have no private cases of charity to look after sister rose got leave to help at the hospitals in lima or tended people in her friend's houses it was in nursing a servant of her friend isabel de mejia that she performed an act of self-conquest which once for all cured her of all difficulty in facing disgusting sights or smells when practicing her charities 
her patient was in a very terrible state and rose felt her stomach rise and was tempted to give in before some very unpleasant duty she determined to conquer and taking up a vessel filled with half-corrupted blood swallowed it straight down it did her no harm but had the effect she wished and it was from that day forth that god often granted her the gift of healing there were yet other ways besides actual works of charity in which the saintly virgin helped her neighbors one of these was a prophetic spirit with which god endowed his little servant and which she frequently used for the help of her relations her friends her spiritual guides and even people whom she knew either slightly or only by name very often she exercised this faculty which remained with her to the end merely for the purpose of giving comfort to sad or anxious hearts as when she assured her great friends the de Masas, that they need not trouble themselves over a distant appointment that was about to be conferred on gonzales which would separate him from his wife as it would never take place or when she promised one of her confessors that he should recover from an illness in time to preach a sermon he was very anxious about with other assurances of a like nature at other times she used it to preserve people from dangers by warning them how to act or what courses to avoid and again and this most frequently for spiritual purposes of conversion from sin in the last cases her gift of prophecy was reinforced by that of discernment of spirits for she read the hearts of those she wished to help and foretold matters connected with the state of their consciences innumerable instances of her possessing these high powers and of the gratitude felt by those for whose benefit she used them are scattered through our saints lives and of course form some of the chief evidence for her canonization but of all the actual prophecies she made that which was associated with one of her friends mentioned in the last chapter is specially dwelt on as having excited peculiar interest in lima the friend referred to was lucy guerra de la daga a lady whose acquaintance rose made at isabel de mejia's house where she had had to go quite accidentally for some piece of business entirely against her usual customs of life now for some time before this the meeting appears to have happened in the latter part of her life the saint had been persistently assuring her friends against all human probability that a convent of third order dominican nuns would be founded in lima this had long been desired in the city where there had hitherto only been friars of st dominic but everything want of land want of money and all sorts of delays or refusals of leave from rome had seemed against it and marie de flores had been positively enraged with her daughter for reiterating the prophecy telling her that she was making a fool of herself and her family by persisting in such senseless talk rose had humbly begged her mother's pardon for annoying her and promised to say no more in public if it really vexed her but had assured marie nevertheless that she would not only live to see the prophecy verified but would be a sister herself in the convent which it may well be believed did not improve matters now when the saint and the senora de la daga were introduced they took a strong mutual liking for each other and the result of the friendship they formed 
was to bring about in the end though not till after rose's death the foundation of the very convent predicted by lucy who was left a widow with money the whole details of this matter may be found in our saints biographies by any who care to read them and debussier gives in full a most charming story of how rose one day inspired by a prophetic vision stood in their garden with her brother ferdinand gazing on her in wonder while she flung roses one after another into the air the youth saw to his astonishment that the roses remained over his sister's head and gradually formed a magnificent cross high above where they stood st rose afterwards explained this marvel to symbolize the numerous virgins who would crucify their flesh for the love of jesus in st catherine's convent one other special means by which the saint while dwelling in her garden cell brought relief to her fellow citizens must be spoken of before we turn from considering what may be called the public influence of this hidden life rose de flores cared intensely not only for the good of individual friends or objects of her own charity nor on the other hand only for the salvation of the whole human race which however she was always earnestly entreating god to save even by miracles of grace but for the people of her own country and native city as one particular whole when they were in trouble she was in trouble and the zealous priests of lima found this out and made use of her influence with heaven when any great and special grace was needed of prayers and penances offered on such occasions for the saints compatriots several instances are recorded but there is one above all in which the figure of the girl hermit seems almost to stand like the prophets of the old testament a shield between an angry god and his people the exact date of this occasion we cannot find but it appears to have been when rose was about five or six and twenty a number of the native peruvians partly driven to it by resentment at the continued tyrannies of their conquerors had escaped from christian rule and the hated spanish surroundings to their old haunts and returned to idolatry terribius the archbishop of lima who had confirmed our saint and who was himself afterwards canonized did his very utmost to bring them back to faith and rose set herself to pray hard for his success but in vain one entire village went back to the most abominable practices and became the subject of an awful judgment of god being swallowed up in the earth and wholly disappearing in a night then the plague of idolatry and demoralization spread to lima itself and the whole population was seized with mad wickedness the authorities secular as well as spiritual were in terror for the people seemed ripe for a second terrible vengeance from on high however a great preacher st francis solan who was then at tucuman in the present argentine republic had an inspiration from god to come to lima and preach repentance he is described as another jonas and in a short time had almost the entire city listening to his terrible denunciation of sin and threats of divine punishment but at first his words produced only a panic and things seemed even worse than before now came rose of st mary's share in the matter hearing of the general terror and the unmoved hardness of heart on the part of the sinful populace 
and inspired to gain god's mercy for them herself she shut herself into her cell with her instruments of penance there she scourged herself pitilessly till she was one mass of blood striking the sharp crown she wore on her head with vigorous blows calling on her lord for pardon and offering herself a victim for her people and so she won heaven by her violence that night a sudden change came over the capital the hardened sinners melted their pride gave way and the devil departed from them with penitent hearts they besieged the confessionals all through the night and the dawn broke on a forgiven and deeply thankful city rose had saved her countrymen and now we must leave the story of our saint's helpfulness towards her kind to follow again for a time the course of her own spiritual history end of chapter nine